0: You are locked on Cougars. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. A transfer portal target as a quarterback for BYU? We'd never. Yes, we will talk about Jackson Dart. We'll also get to a position group debriefing talking about BYU's wide receiver position. What do they have coming back? What are they losing? We'll get into that. And the college football season is in the books. We'll react to the college football playoff national championship game as well well so plenty to get to ahead on today's podcast it is brought to you by our friends at sonos experience the game like never before with sonos arc the premium smart soundbar for tv movies music gaming and more visit sonos.com to learn more all right without further ado let's dive on in this is the locked on cougars podcast for january 11th 2022 you are locked on cougars your daily podcast on the byu cougars What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing well out there in Cougar Nation, wherever you guys might be. A lot to get you ahead on today's show, but a quick note before we get going here is a quick reminder for you guys. If you guys have a company that you own, you work for, you're an advertising executive for, whatever it might be that you'd like to have sponsored here on the podcast and have part be part of the Locked On Podcast Network as, I guess, a bigger picture thing, we'd love nothing more than for you guys to be involved with us here. We have some open slots for local sponsors at this time. If you are interested in advertising with the podcast, really simple to get in touch. Please email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We'll get you in touch with our advertising team and hopefully get you on the path to having advertising success with one of the most successful locked on not locked on one of the most successful podcast networks period of course locked on is one of the most successful i screwed that up. But nonetheless, appreciate you guys being a part of the podcast. And if you'd like to be a part of it, would love nothing more than for you guys to get involved. So email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is that email address. Alright, getting going here on a Tuesday edition of the show. Do we have some news we need to talk about? Oh yeah, there's a certain quarterback that entered the transfer portal yesterday by the name of Jackson Dart. Yes, the former Roy slash Corner Canyon standout. He has decided to move on from USC it appears, entering the transfer portal. Yes, Yesterday. I was among the first, if not the first, to report it on social media. And this is an intriguing one, folks, because this is a kid, speaking of Jackson Dart, that we all can see that there is readily apparent talent there and there's going to be no shortage of suitors for his skills. He finished the 2021 season completing 61.9% of his passes for USC for 1,353 yards, nine touchdowns against five interceptions. Of course, that was not in a full season's worth of games. He came in in that Washington State game and then absolutely lit it up, then injures his knee, missed some time, came back. He did start against BYU in the season finale, and BYU, I think, will very much be in the mix for him. If he decides he wants to play closer to home. But as I said, Jackson Dart is going to have no shortage of suitors. If you go to the 24-7 sports uh, composite rankings, they actually do them for the transfer portal now. He is ranked as a 99 talent, and that means that he is among the best talents, among the best players, period in the transfer portal in this recruiting cycle. He is an elite talent. He's a five-star talent. And I think we all saw that. It was readily apparent he was named the Gatorade High School Player of the Year in 2020. was just an absolute sensation at Corner Canyon High School, setting all kinds of records, and he has proven it. He's got a good frame to him, six foot three, two 215 pounds, and I am of the opinion that if BYU could land a, t- a guy of his caliber as a transfer, BYU would be set up with their quarterback of the future i'm telling you what if he comes to byu and this is this is way too far down the road because there's a big if at this juncture if he comes to byu but if he were to come to byu i think there would be a legit quarterback battle between him and jaron hall i am that bullish on jackson dart's skill set jaron hall is a very very good quarterback let me be explicitly clear about that he is an elite talent at quarterback he's very very good The one thing, the one knock that you can put against Jaron Hall is how long has he gone without suffering an injury? Seven games. That is the most, that's the longest stretch he has gone without an injury and missing time for BYU in his playing career in Provo. You can't count on him for an entire season at this point. I'd love nothing more than for him in 2022 this fall to go out there, play 13 games, be healthy, have an elite year, and jump to the NFL. I would love nothing more than to see that because Jaron Hall has been nothing if not spectacular for BYU. I'm telling you what though, Jackson Dart is a sensation. And I know that some of you are probably screaming at me right now saying, well, he's got his own injury concerns. I get that. One injury does not a career make. Jaron Hall, well, we've seen that time and time again, and it's similar to what we've seen from Taysom Hill. And I, I by the way, I probably should say this right now. Um, just an aside. Taysom Hill, wish him the best. Another Liz Frank injury is just awful. I'm hoping it's not as serious as it was when he was at BYU, but it's an awful injury to suffer, and very well could put his career as a quarterback in jeopardy, if not his playing career in jeopardy. That's that's the tough part about it. But back to the point at hand, I think BYU will be involved with Jackson Dart. It will all depend on Jackson Dart and what he wants for the future of his playing career. If he wants to play closer to home, I think BYU is probably the spot he plays in the state of Utah. BYU was the first program, the first college football program to offer this young man a scholarship out of Roy High School. Roy is not necessarily known for producing elite talent, at least in recent memory. Obviously, Jim McMahon came out of Roy High School, but he went to Corner Canyon ostensibly to get more playing time and more looks from college recruiters. And it worked out for him. Absolutely. He was getting offers left and right and obviously picked USC. He was getting the who's who of college football chasing him. BYU was very much in the mix for this young man down the stretch as he decided what he was going to do for his playing career. Now he's decided that he wants to look elsewhere. I think BYU will reenter the mix. And who's to say that BYU ends up being the destination he's at? But I truly believe had Jackson Dart decided he was going to play college football in the state of Utah... I believe he would have been a BYU originally that, that if you decided to stay in state, he wanted to be a hometown hero to use that expression. BYU would have been the spot for him. I believe at this juncture that other programs obviously are going to throw their hat into the ring. I would be stunned if Utah and Utah State did not at least throw an offer at him, at least inquire about his interest. But I do know he has a very, very healthy and positive relationship with Kalani Satake and more importantly, with Aaron Roderick, BYU's offensive coordinator. Will that get BYU over the hump and get him to put signature or pen to paper on a national letter of intent to join the BYU football program? I can't say that at this juncture, but... I think BYU is going to be in the mix for this young man, and I think that's a positive sign if you're a BYU fan. Anything we learn along the way, we'll be happy to pass along to you. I'll be obviously working our sources to see what I can find out. And anything, like I said, anything I hear with regards to Jackson Dart and his playing future, you guys will hear it right here on the podcast. But I think it's a positive sign that uh, BYU is a program that could be in the mix for a guy of this caliber because he would be a difference maker folks i am a huge believer in jackson dart i thought that if he picked byu originally he could come in and challenge for playing time right away i still believe that to be the case i am dead serious about that so we'll see i think this is a very intriguing entry into the transfer portal and wherever he lands that program is going to be very very lucky to have a kid of dart's Caliber, his uh, just overall ability. He is elite in every sense of the word, in my opinion. All right. Coming up here in just a minute, we'll stay with the football theme of things. We're going to be very football heavy today, but let's talk a little bit about BYU's wide receiving core. A guy like Jackson Dart. Could he look at BYU's roster and say, what would I have to throw to? Well, there are some options on that roster and we'll dig into those next. First though, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at the get upside app. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas ever Every time they fill up my friends, all you got to do is download the free get upside app in the app store or Google play right now and use the promo code score and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using the get upside app. Just download the app for free and use the promo code score to get up to 50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month, my friends in cash back and there's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app now and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code SCORE with the GetUpside app. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms and it is time for another position group debriefing looking back at the 2021 season for each of BYU football's position groups and today we're talking about BYU's wide receiver position. I think this is a position group that had it stayed fully healthy in the 2021 season you would have seen elite numbers from this group but Nonetheless, BYU still put up really good numbers as a unit, despite having injuries. There are three players from this position group moving on, and just a way of introduction, I guess one thing I probably should back up on, if you're new to this and you've not been listening the last couple of weeks, with these position group debriefings, this is a look back at the season that was. I'm not talking about the future, so guys that are going to join the roster or have joined the roster since the season ended, I will not be talking about them. We'll talk about those guys as we get a little closer to spring ball. We are talking about simply the guys that were on the roster, for the 2021 season. So at wide receiver for BYU, there are three guys moving on, two of them to the NFL. Neil Pau had 46 receptions for 526 yards and six touchdowns. He missed the stretch run of the season for BYU with a pretty severe ankle injury that he is still not fully recovered from. I am sincerely hoping he is able to get back to full strength and begin his workouts for the NFL right away because I think he's got the skills that could make him a productive receiver in the NFL, not to mention the body. It's six foot four, 220 pounds. He is every bit the NFL wide receiver body that teams would crave, and I hope that he gets that opportunity. Samson Nakua is in a similar place. He had 21 receptions after a slow start to the season, kind of the uh, opposite of a guy like Neil Pau for Samson Nakua, where he had a slow start to the season due to injury. Finished it with a flourish, though, 21 receptions, 329 yards, and three touchdowns. I know that the bowl game, that fumble, which is not a fumble, I still it makes me my skin crawl thinking that they called that a fumble and upheld that ridiculous call but nonetheless he finishes with 329 yards and three touchdowns they will both be pursuing their nfl futures and i'll be rooting for both of them i believe both of them will land undrafted free agent deals if not as training camp invite at bare minimum the other guy that's moving on from byu is chris jackson uh sparing action sparingly played at BYU. Speaking of Chris Jackson, moving on to find his next home and wish him the best. As he decides he says he's moving on for personal reasons, I think he's looking for more playing time and I can completely understand that, that he wants more playing time. So, wish him the best and hope he finds a, a good spot for him to play. Now, BYU has plenty of talent returning as well, though. Puka Nakua led BYU this past season with 43 receptions, 805 yards, and 6 touchdowns. And had you asked me at the end of the year, Jake, How many yards does Puka Nakua have? I would have said probably like 600. He had a pretty quiet 800-yard season. Who's to say he's not going to go for over 1,000 next year and then potentially make the jump to the NFL? I would not blame him at all if that were the case, and I sincerely hope he gets that opportunity. I think he is capable of having a 1,000-yard season, 10-plus touchdown-type campaign in 2022. The good news is one of the guys who will be relied upon to help him out achieve that is returning in 2022, and that is Gunnar Romney. A lot of people out there speculating when Baylor Romney moved on, there's no way. The that Gunner's staying with BYU. I heard as soon as uh, Baylor entered the transfer portal the Gunner was not going anywhere. That Tate Romney, their younger brother who will be playing defense for BYU is coming home off of a mission and Gunner made that announcement that he's sticking around at BYU. Hampered by two MCL injuries this past year, he finished the year with 34 receptions for 594 yards and three touchdowns. Were you to extrapolate that out based on the time he missed etc., I think he would have had a similar type season to Samson Nakua. I think you have an incredible one-two punch right there going into the 2022 season because both of those guys have got incredible ball skills and a guy like Jaron Hall is going to be very well benefited to have those two as his safety blanket as a wide receiver. But with the move, uh, with the moves by Neil Pauwu and Samson Nakua with their eligibility running out and the decision to go to the NFL, you are now looking at a group of guys that need to step up beginning in spring ball. Guys who need to step up include Braden Cosper. He is plenty talented when he's been on the field for BYU. But 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 he has had two ACL injuries, a broken arm at this point, and you cannot rely on him injury-wise to be healthy for any length of time, it feels like. Uh, Braden Cosper, I think, is a guy that, if he's healthy, he's going to be a productive player for BYU. I just don't see that being the case for him if he can prove to stay healthy great that's just a benefit for BYU other guys who will have an opportunity to stand out include Cody Epps uh, Epps obviously coming from modern day high school Bryce Young playing in the national championship last year well you know who his leading receiver is his top receiver was at modern day down there in Southern California oh yeah that kid Cody Epps a lot of you have asked me about Cody Epps what do you know about his status Jake he had a summer injury last year so before training camp began that lingered through most of the season. He was not able to practice for a large portion of the season. And late in the season, he finally got on the practice field and started doing some things. The hope is he enters spring ball fully healthy and he gets his opportunity now to really show what he can do. I like Cody Epps. When you go for almost 2,000 yards receiving in a high school season, you know you got some talent. I think he is going to have a big opportunity here in spring ball to really step up and show what he got. Show, show, show what he has got, excuse me. The other guy that I'm looking forward to who also had lingering injury concerns during the 2021 campaign that did not allow him to really show what he could do in practice is Chase Roberts. Uh, six foot four, 210 pounds, a guy who I absolutely love out of the high school ranks. here locally at American Fork High School. Chase Roberts had a nagging ankle injury he suffered early on in training camp that just continued to hamper him throughout the 2021 season. I think spring ball is going to be big for him to show that the mission rust has finally been uh, knocked off and he can show what he can do for BYU. I think he has got an opportunity to really break out this coming season. If he is healthy, uh, he can live up to the expectations heaped upon him by BYU fans. He has got the ability to be a really, really productive receiver in this offense. Now, a guy that has already had some production that I'm looking forward to and I think spring ball is going to be critical for because I think he steps into the number three starter role is Keanu Hill. Keanu Hill is a like-for-like body type match for a guy like Neil Pau. Big receiver, six foot four, 220 pounds. I don't think Keanu's not, not necessarily 220 pounds at this point, but he's got the frame to carry that weight and still be a very, very good receiver. Spring ball, I think is going to be his coming out party and he's going to really be able to show what he can do for the Cougars. He had a good season I thought all things considered down the stretch for BYU in 2021 uh, finishing with 18 receptions 343 yards and 2 touchdowns he is going to be that number 3 receiver playing just behind Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney. And if either one of those guys have a big year and decide to jump to the NFL, well guess what? 2023 Three, the first year of the Big 12, the conference that I... Uh he comes from, speaking of his home turf, speaking of Keanu Hill in Texas well he's going to have an opportunity to really I think, break onto the scene in 2023 I think that he is a guy who is ready and poised to be a breakout cam- campaign type of guy. One other guy I'm interested to see what he can do in spring ball is Terrence Fall. Terrence Fall many of you might recall is a guy who is from Paris, France. Decided to play American football, moved to the United States to give himself an opportunity to compete at the high school level, and elite high school level in California drew the eyes of BYU who took him on the chance that the size, of the, the, the size speed and athleticism combo could yield a productive player for BYU the big question mark still remains will he be able to translate into a productive player at the Division 1 level I don't know. Injury concerns have hampered him early on in his tenure at BYU, but I think this season is going to be a critical one for him to really show that he's put things together. He's starting to become the receiver that BYU hopes and wishes that he would become, and, and maybe another year before he becomes one of the guys for BYU on offense, but I think there is something there. You don't find that blend of size, speed, and athleticism every single day. You just need to go in and you know develop that talent, buff that diamond, uh, and make it. Into what you hope it can be, and hopefully that pays off. Now, other members of this receiving core that are walk ons, they'll be figuring to make a push up the depth chart if at all possible during spring ball, and guys who had roles in 2020, 2021, excuse me, include Hobbs Nyberg, who is mainly BYU's punt return guy. He will obviously be hoping to take on a bigger role as a a member of BYU's wide receiving core, Talmadge Gunther, Cade Moore. And uh, the name Cade Moore, many of you might recall it if you paid attention to high school football here locally, was just an absolute stud at Lehigh High School. I heard great things about him. I watched him at the high school level. But people who tell me stuff out of practice for BYU, (laughs) you would not believe the amount of stuff I hear about this kid. He just turns head every single day. He's making catch after catch after catch. Well, it doesn't translate to actually playing in games. Maybe 2022 the season he gets his chance to show it but Cade Moore is one of those walk-ons I I call him a practice legend because I hear so many stories about him just making incredible reception after incredible reception during practice but yet I have not seen him in a game so we'll see and then other two guys on the uh, practice squad slash walk-on part of the team include Tanner Wall from Virginia as well as McGuire Anderson. McGuire obviously a legacy prospect out of Florida. Both of them will figure to see what they can show in spring ball this year but I like the one-two punch of Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney for BYU going into this upcoming season. I thought they come, they came out of 2021 with a productive season, similar to BYU's linebacking core. Had BYU's wide receivers stayed healthy, think of some of the numbers they might have been able to put up. That was the thing about this season. You look back at it and say, okay, they stay healthy, man, what could have been. But nonetheless, I think there's a lot to be happy about with this wide receiving core, despite some of the losses that they will absorb in 2022 future looks pretty bright, though. I think you have a nice four-man rotation right now with Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney, and Keanu Hill. And I figure one of the three uh, Braden Cosper, Chase Roberts, and Cody Epps steps up and becomes that number four guy. And then the other two are probably your chief backups. I think the future is bright, honestly. I think it is for the wide receiving core. They will obviously need spring ball, the summer, that type of stuff to really hone their craft and show what they can do. But I think 2022 is pretty bright, and I think you could have two really really huge seasons if guys stay healthy uh, for guys like Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney because they are far and away the lead dogs for this wide receiver position. Alright, coming up here in just a minute, we will round out today's show with some thoughts on the final college football game of the season, the national championship playing out last night as well as some thoughts on the fact that the college football playoff apparently is not going to expand in the near term future, which is just asinine to me, but we'll dig into all of that in just a second. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet On who would like to wish you a happy new betting year. The playoffs are here, my friends, and BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and they have a new updated desktop and mobile website for you guys to check out and sign up for free at today. And also, make sure you receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use the promo code On to get started and get that 50% welcome bonus added to your account. From football to basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right down to your Favorite Vegas casino games do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at bet online for 2022 as they are the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports make sure you use that promo code locked on once again for that 50% welcome bonus it's all courtesy of BetOnline.ag, where the game starts Today's podcast is brought to you by one of our great local sponsors, and that is our friends at Intercap Lending. There's a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgages needs than our friends at Intercap. And simply put, Intercap gets deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. Intercap closes loans Two weeks faster than the industry average. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. That is what Locked On's personal loan officer at Intercap, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On founder, David Locke. And let's be real, my friends. If Steve can help keep David on track throughout the entire process, Steve can help anybody. And although Intercap is new to the Locked On Cougars podcast, it is not a new company. Intercap has been assisting customers with all their mortgage needs since 1970. That is 44 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been providing Locked On listeners with that same great experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered in Utah, but they are licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states. So give Steve a call. I'd love to help you guys out. His direct line, 385-800-8528. That is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. For more information, you can call Steve or visit www.intercap.com. Lending.com. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. Before we go on this Tuesday edition of the show, first off, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs winning the national title last night in dominant fashion, especially in the fourth quarter. Man, what a showing for the Bulldogs. They go 41 years between national titles. Just to say this Straight up front, BYU had more recently won a national title than the Georgia Bulldogs. 1980 was the last time that UGA had been on top of the college football universe. Well, BYU won it in 1984. So, folks, I'm just saying. There's not a reason why BYU can't win a national title once again because they will be joining the halves, joining the Power Five, which ostensibly gives them a chance to win a national title, but that's not a debate of what we're talking about here today. Just want to say congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs for winning the 2022 CFP National Championship game. Very well-deserved title for them, and they beat Alabama in the process. My concern is actually a bigger issue with this, and I think this is something we're going to implement more into the podcast. Over the coming years, more kind of general, broad overview thoughts on college football and college basketball themes that I want to talk about. And I think one thing that we learned about yesterday is that the college football playoff, they need to figure things out. They need to expand the playoff. I think it's readily apparent that the playoff needs to be expanded but they came out yesterday and said that they do not have consensus on what they want to do with expansion. According to Bob Bowlesby, who is the Big 12 commissioner, who will be BYU's conference commissioner here next year, he said that there are people who are stuck wanting to stick with four there are people who want eight, there are people who want 12 hey who's to say that there's not people who want six or 12 teams i six or ten teams i think expansion needs to happen it's readily apparent that you need to have more opportunities for programs to get into the playoff and show what they can do. Did the best teams finish playing in the national championship this year, in my opinion? Yeah, I would agree. I, I would think so. I thought Georgia and Alabama were absolutely dominant. I thought Michigan was kind of that number three team to me, uh, but I think the best two teams played for the national title and they just so happened to both call the SEC home. I know that that turns off a lot of people regionally in this country when it's two teams from the Southeastern Conference squaring off for the national championship. But, hey, I think the thing is you need to get these cronies who are running the College Football Playoff Committee, and those are the university presidents, the chancellors, whatever you want to call them, that make these decisions. They need to get on the same page and just figure things out. I think the 12-team deal is probably my ideal scenario. I think that you have at least the top six seeds going to college football's uh, top champions out of their respective conferences regardless of conference affiliation. Obviously a conference like the Pac-12 who realizes that they have not much to lean on made a statement saying that well we need to have automatic bids for the for the big dogs. Yeah you would say that Pac-12 considering your teams have been absolute dog crap and you realize that the only way you're getting in and having an opportunity to play for a national title once again is to get a team who may be 9-3 or 10-2 and two from your conference because you refuse to get a dominant team it seems like to win you have teams that get in there have to be 10 and 2 Right now, a 10-2 team is not getting in the playoff. You have to be, you can only have one loss. You can really only have one loss, and that loss better be to a pretty darn good team. In the case of Georgia, it's got to be to Alabama. In Alabama's case, it's got to be to a team like Texas A&M. You cannot absorb a bad loss and expect to make the playoff field as currently constituted. Do I think that the future of the cultural well playoff is going to be an expanded field? Absolutely. It's coming at some point. It may not come before 2026 when the current play playoff contract ends i think at that point they'll be forced to do it because there are tv partners and i'm thinking of bigger than espn fox cbs maybe some of the streaming services they're all going to want in on this because they see it as a cash cow is it the same level as the nfl no the nfl is king if you as look at the top tv products on television year in and year out the nfl owns but college football is right behind it steph curry for example Steph Curry, when he set the NBA uh, career mark for three-pointers made, this is going back of two or three weeks now, there was a bowl game that very same day. So you have a top-level NBA team with history on the line for a guy like Steph Curry, who is among the, if not the best player in the NBA currently. The bowl game that was played that day, and I don't have it in front of me. This is coming to me as I'm talking about this. The bowl game that was played that day beat that NBA game head-to-head. College football is a valuable property. Why would you not take the gazillions of dollars that these television partners are willing to pony up to let you be a part of it? I don't know. They have got to get these folks on board. They have got to figure things out. They have got to expand the playoff field. And I'm not thinking just in BYU self-interest because BYU... I don't think they're necessarily going to challenge for playing in the college football playoff for the next decade, in my opinion. I, they're going to have to spend some time really building towards making a playoff bid. But you need to have the opportunity to do that. I don't think in the current circumstance, BYU entering the Big 12 right now, I don't think BYU is going to be, have a good enough team with a, just a 14 team playoff to be a playoff team at any point. With a 12-team playoff— I could see that happening. You're going to have to see BYU recruit at a very high level. For example, Georgia's recruiting classes, the last four years, my friends, you want to build a college football playoff national title contender, a national championship squad? Well, your recruiting rankings, you better be in the top five annually. BYU is never going to be at that level, but I think BYU can get to a point where they can compete in the Big 12, and if you find yourself in the playoff field, that's good enough for me. That would be a dream scenario for me to watch BYU play in a college football playoff. It's going to take an expanded field for that to happen. It'll probably take some time for BYU to get that opportunity, but I want to see it happen at some point. So get it done, college football playoffs. Expand the field. Go to the 12 teams. Allow the automatic bids if you have to. I don't like that, but you know what? If it's the only way to get that across the finish line, so be it. But open up the field. Give these programs, more programs, excuse me, give more programs an opportunity to go out and win a national title that is my sincere hope and we'll find out but it's something i wanted to mention before we go on today's show. Now, a couple other notes for you guys before we go is a congratulations to BYU gymnastics freshman Eliza Miller. She received the first Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Beam Specialist of the Week Award honor for the 2022 season. She had a very, very good showing in the Best of Utah event. She scored a 9.875 on the beam in her collegiate debut to win that award. So congratulations to her on that. Also coming up this week, uh, BYU will be hosting its second indoor meet of the season. There are two players that have been added to the Bowerman list, which is uh, a, a award that goes out to some of the elite track and field athletes in the entire country. BYU distance runner Courtney Wayment and pole vaulter Zach McWhorter were each of the 20 athletes named to the Men's and Women's Bowerman Award preseason watch list that came out this past week. The Bowerman is collegiate track and field's highest honor. So... Let's just say it this way. It's the Heisman Trophy of track and field. So, congratulations to both Courtney Wayman and Zach McWhorter. It's really cool to see them be among the 20 athletes named to that preseason watch list, and hopefully, they can make a run at that track and field Heisman Award, the Bowerman Award, this season. Alright, that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with more on BYU and another position group debriefing. I'm going to flip back over to the defense here. We're going to talk defensive ends tomorrow and talk about guys who are coming off the edge. Does BYU you have the answers to really pressure the quarterback better than they have in the past well we'll look back at 2021 and see if we can make some projections forward for 2022 and we'll have a whole lot more just in terms of covering everything else going on in the Cougar sports universe. Want to encourage you guys now to make sure you make your second listen to our friends over at the Locked On Bets podcast it is your daily one stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is host by, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling it is free and available on all podcast platforms so like i said thank you for making us your first listen make that your second listen coming up next that'll do it have a great day this has been the locked on cougars podcast for january 11th 2022 and we will catch you guys tomorrow